0: I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And sitting in for super special guest or normal special guest Michael Hutchinson is super special guest Martin Bailey.
1: Hello. How's it going, kids? That's about as much as I want to be on camera. All right, you can grab me that. You can grab me that camera over
0: there.
1: Are we done with it already?
0: Yep, you're done with it. That's the extent of it. Um, So we had the uh, Golden Globes. The, uh, the 2017 Golden Globes just happened. Did yes. you watch?
1: I watched. And? It was enjoyable.
0: It was enjoyable? It was, was.
1: enjoyable. Oh, this thing's moving, so sorry if there's an earthquake, who, a sound effect there for it you. was it hosted by- uh, It was good. Uh, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, it was a little long, like always. I mean, just like most of them are, you know, a ton just a ton of commercials and moved this over a little too much. there. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um.
0: We don't have Howard Stern a lot of you budget. know
1: a lot of commercials and uh all that kind of stuff, just like any award show, so too many awards, maybe I don't know um
0: too many awards there's only like uh what is there one two three, four five six there's seven a, for movies um the and then, rest and are, then t v yeah then there's a ton the behind
1: the stuff Golden Globe remember it goes everywhere, so it's foreign domestic television everything movies and a know, lot of m- the TV. music. I you looked.
0: Know. I glanced at the list, and a lot of the TV, I have no clue what they are. Oh, I know.
1: Well, it was It was a lot of the European stuff, which was kind of, you know, people are, like, looking around, uh, which is always kind of funny. Um, you know, when Game of Thrones and, like, those kind of shows are nominated, but they don't win anything. Uh-huh. You know, like, that whole that whole table is probably just, like, you know, giggling. Only because it's, like, 900 million people watch Game of Thrones, 12 people watch The Night Manager. So you just sit there and you're yeah. like... Really, the night manager?
0: Really? Whatever the night manager. Well, it was Hugh
1: Laurie is. and Tom Hiddleston, or whatever his name is, the bad guy from uh, the Adventure movies. Um, the bad guy in Thor. I don't know what his name is or whatever, but it was on AMC here in America. It was a BBC thing. It was like six shows. Uh huh. You know. It was like a mini series. It wasn't a show. It wasn't a show, show. So it was just, it was even odd that it was nominated for stuff. And then it won everything. Like Hugh Laurie, Tom won, the show won, the, produ- you know, And you're just like, you know, it just, it's just weird. I mean, that's like, that's the weird part of the Golden Globes when it is the, you know, the Hollywood foreign press and they, you know, pick foreign stuff.
0: So the nominations for, I guess we'll start at the. Yeah. the the lesser categories and build up to big picture.
1: There we go. Usually. Whoa. Uh,
0: The nominations for best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama were Casey Affleck uh, for Manchester by the sea. Joel Edgington for loving. Didn't see it. uh, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, uh, uh, which he was good in. uh, Not so much in silence, but he was pretty. Have you seen the fucking
1: reviews for silence, dude? I have not. I've actually started trolling. (laughs) <laughs> I've actually gone to the, the
0: people who are saying that it's fantastic. Oh, it's the
1: greatest movie of all time.
0: Um, well, this is... He got nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. He was good in Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. yeah you know, I don't know. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, and... I like Andrew Garfield. Yeah, uh, I like Andrew Garfield. It has yeah, nothing, like to, do Gar-
1: Gar- it has nothing Gar- to do with him. It just... Very bad, um, badly cast. in Vigo
0: films. Mortensen for Captain Fantastic and yeah. Denzel Washington for Fences. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't watched Fences. I don't think.
1: Wow, that's uh, like two or I three just, movies there you haven't seen. I, I'm shocked.
0: Fences, I just don't think I'm going to watch. I, every time you're I racist? look at the trailer, yeah, because I'm super racist. <laughs> every time I look at the trailer, I just go, "This is n- I, this is nowhere in the wheelhouse of anything I would remotely want to watch."
1: Yeah. Um Again, it, again, coming from a play to uh, the, the the big screen. I, that's where I would like, mm, I like the imagination. I like, that's why I like theater. It's like, I was brought up in theater via my dad. Mm-hmm. So I like having fake kitchens and fake. All right. Your, you know, your
0: dad performed in the theater or he just took you to the theater. I know dad? your dad. Yeah. I know yeah. your dad's been an actor and, you know, oh, movies and television. My dad started theater. in the
1: plays. I mean, most
0: people, most actors do perform in theater and start in theater. But like when they make the jump to TV or uh film, mm. they, a lot of them dump it. No. Um, you, so your dad continued in yeah. theater. Okay. I didn't
1: know that. He was in actually the, the old globe in San Diego and the new globe. Uh, both of them, um, a lot of theater. So, I mean, we were just, I was actually conceived by the theater. So, okay. cause my mom was actually working in the theater behind the scenes and stuff. Oh. Um, back in Kentucky and Texas and Oklahoma and all over the Midwest. Uh, my dad was, uh, straight out of college, start, you know, started doing the play, started doing theater work. Mm.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so you're, you're, oh, he's
1: been in hundreds, and he's directed uh, several, uh, several, and
0: um, now I'm more interested in your dad, you know, making a play on uh, the the stagehand there.
1: <laughs> there you go. No, it wasn't stagehand. They were already together. So he he it, rolled it into town in Kentucky, no, no, no. and he was like, <laughs> no.
0: which one of these ladies no. can I take advantage of?
1: Okay, that's gross. But and anyway. she was
0: like, I'm pregnant. He's no. like, fuck. No. They were already <laughs> together.
1: Uh, I already did have a sister yeah, at the time. So. Oh, right on. My sister's four years older, jackass. So it wasn't a stagehand thing. How did he... your parents meet? College. Oh, okay. Yeah, no... Oh, right on. So yeah. Lubbock, Texas away. where I was born.
0: So. Uh, did your dad act in college? Yeah. And That's
1: why he never graduated properly from what, actual college. What was his first he was big, in college for seven years.
0: What was his first big break?
1: For uh, <clears throat> I would I would say San Diego. I mean, it just the old Globe. I mean, he got to know a ton of people and, and big people yeah, would go he, down there to watch it so the tv people would go down there.
0: He's not he's not paying the bills with no. doing the globe. So what was his big break that made the difference? Cuz your mom um, met him in college and he's a you know a loser actor like all much. actors are in college um, unless they you know Harry Potter.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know what actually from the 70s I don't know what would be considered a big break. I mean, he was on Everything, you know, everything back in the 70s. Right. He'd All the TV shows. Ton of, ton of stuff um, so, I mean, maybe St. Elsewhere was a kind of a break that kind of pushed him to a wider audience. Because St. Elsewhere, actually, the first five or six shows were huge ratings.
0: Was it MASH before that?
1: Um I feel like Mash-, Mash was right around that time. I, he probably got he probably got Saint Elsewhere because of Mash. I mean, it was so it was right. like one of those things. And then but Ma- Mash and he was then like
0: Saint Elsewhere was a paycheck because he was a regular yeah. on Saint Elsewhere. Sa- Mash he was like on 6 episodes or something.
1: Yeah, it was funny because it was 3 years. So he was in background shots and background scenes and he was in group shots and all that kind of stuff, but speaking in everything. It was only like 5 or 6 shows over right. the last 3 seasons. So I mean, mash was huge, and mash. I mean, people. Well, if still, he was of course... background,
0: so then he was paid yeah. for three years on mash. Yeah. So that was that was probably his first big break, his first regular yeah. paycheck. Well, no. uh, the it, the house that you live in now that your mom has is that the first house that was bought?
1: No. no. Oh, okay,
0: so like, when does he? Do you remember? Like, when does he oh buy that was him? the, the first uh, the, the big when thing does was... he buy his first house? When does he?
1: Well, we got a house. I mean, I was a kid. I mean, he was getting pretty big paychecks you know okay. from movies and from i mean it, it coming from almost you know like you said like the theater getting like you know i don't even know what five or six hundred dollars a week or whatever whatever they were getting and i don't know the that, 70s i don't know what you know, it, yeah, i have exactly. no idea what that paid exactly so i mean go, going from that to police academy and then oh yeah police academy he did a
0: huge paycheck especially no no no, like no no,
1: but like from police academy he did like, like three or four or whatever. six he did like seven movies in two years because he's so, the
0: only returning uh person in part four or part
1: three? He was one, four, five, and six. He wasn't in two and three. That was Art Matrano. One, four, five,
0: and six. Five and six. Yeah, okay. and seven. Seven's so rushing. I want to say four, like the only person that returns is him and the guy who makes the Michael sound, Winslow,
1: David Graff was still alive.
0: I think the goot comes back in episode five and
1: part five or something because no. only did one and two or one really two i thought the yeah. goot made no. made a he went on to that you know three three men and a baby or whatever and then right. he was you know mega superstar yes yeah, so anyway
0: you, he had to your dad would have gotten a fat paycheck for part four anyway back to the globes yeah um so uh, i haven't seen denzel in fences but uh, i like denzel i like you know his performances you know they're solid mm-hmm. Uh, Vigo was good in captain fantastic. And so was Andrew Garfield. I really don't have a favorite here. Who, who did you think should have won
1: out, of, out of that? I mean, I was, I was glad that Casey won Casey. For, you know, Casey for, is the winner for, for Manchester. Manchester by the sea. I o- only because there was a, a, there wasn't a ton of range in that movie, but it was just no, like, Casey, there was just so much Casey going played on a guy
0: and, from Boston, playing a guy from Boston. And you no, know,
1: no, no, no I'm, I'm talking about the role, not the human being. Um, When it it I don't know, just when it comes down to, like, you know, story for awards and everything, Mm -hmm. that was, you know, 100% vehicle for awards. Because I don't think the movies made money, like, made a tremendous amount of money, and that's some big people in that movie. Um, he and Michelle, I mean, they could carry their own movies, obviously, they're carrying this one, but, you know, this movie was directly made for He really
0: carries it. She's a straight up, like, extra.
1: I mean, her own movies. I'm I'm just saying. She carries her own movies, yeah. yeah, but, um, but I mean it was definitely a vehicle for both of them and they both got nominated for you know this and they'll get nominated for the oscars and you know bafta i think they just got nominated for bafta you know so it's you know it's one of those kind of you know art movies that are still being made directly for this particular season so it was good for him you know good for good for the the movie good for you know the ca- you know the cast and crew of a small movie
0: all right, so. uh, Best Performance by an Actress, Motion Picture Drama, uh, Natalie Portman in Jackie. I'm going to say no, thought the movie was terrible. Uh, Ruth Nega
2: mm-hmm.
0: in Loving, didn't see it, uh, you didn't get it. <laughs> Jessica Chastain in Miss Sloan, she killed it. Uh, Amy Adams uh, for Arrival, I love Amy, but wish she was nominated for Nocturnal Animals. That was kind of weird. killed it in that. Uh, and Isabella Hoopert for Ella. Which uh is the winner she yeah. won, Isabella Hooperton. She looks like she's about I don't know, sixty ish years oh, old. 70 so something. Yeah. She's up. There. She uh yeah, so she was competing with some uh some younger kids. ladies there yeah. and uh and killed it. She took home that, that globe. Good for her. Yep. Um best performance by a dude in a musical and comedy. Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, hands down should've won. Yep. Uh Jonah Hill, War Dogs, hands down should've won. Could have. Hugh Grant's Florence Foster Jenkins. Hands down, shouldn't even be up there. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I love Hugh Grant, but no, <laughs> there was no big deal in Florence Foster, foreign, whatever, Foster Jenkins. Uh, hmm, I wonder
1: who's in that movie, though, and wonder why Meryl it was nominated. Meryl yeah. Uh
0: Colin Farrell in The Lobster. Uh, the movie you know, was a bit innovative, but I don't know that his performance was. Uh, and the winner, Ryan Gosling for La La Land. Um, Ryan Gosling won, and I haven't seen it, but it—I hear a lot of fantastic things about it.
1: Uh, let's see. Yeah, Ryan. To me, Ryan Reynolds just—you know—he killed it. Should have won. Um, I, I'm glad he got nominated. I'm glad. It's funny. I'm glad that Deadpool, of all the movies that Marvel and and all those you know tentpole you know things have been made the last you know about what 10 15 years since X Men or whatever, it is pretty cool to see Deadpool just killing it you know these this award season so uh good for them good for him
0: best performance by a chick in a musical or comedy uh meryl streep for florence foster Haley steinfeld for angel 17 lily collins rules don't apply annette benning for 20th century woman and the winner emma stone for la la land i haven't seen it love her though so that's fine (laughs) um Supporting actress, uh, Viola Davis won for Fences, already covered, haven't seen it, but she beat out Nicole Kidman for a Lion yeah. and Octavia Spencer for uh, Hidden Figures, which, uh, wow, I mean, I haven't seen Fences, but, you know, Nicole kicked it and killed it, and uh, Octavia, that was a great movie. Yep. Uh, supporting dude in a, a motion picture, Aaron Tyler Johnson for Nocturnal Animals, oh, he was one of the bad guys. He was the bad guy. Yeah, good for him. All right, that was solid. Mar oh, he beat out Marisha Ali for Moonlight, which oh, that's a tough beat. He was good. Um, how is that
1: supporting? I, yeah, I know. I was about to say I I I think mm. it's one of those uh oh, you know like a vote off. Yeah, kind I see. Of
0: thing. I see why that's supporting. I, I um Oh my God! How is Dave Patel for Lion a supporting actor?
1: They've pushed him as supporting actor. Did you not? No. Yeah, because he only was—he's only in half the movie. I'm not even joking. That's they, weird. They, they've it's actually his story. Said, Yeah, they've actually stated that's the reason. Uh, they think that he has a quote-unquote better chance at these awards and better chance to get nominated as supporting. And I'm like, uh, okay.
0: Aaron also beat out Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water. Yeah. And, which was he was amazing yeah and simon hell i mean it was a it was a great role i don't know yeah. that jeff really did leaps and bounds with it um and simon helberg for florence foster jenkins terrible movie but simon killed it and i i talked about that he was the greatest thing this is a tough category yeah. like dave patel simon helberg jeff bridges Marisha whatever allah and uh one by aaron taylor that's tough right
1: there yeah um, all right. As they, as they say, like, I'm, like I'm saying, I think it was a vote off. I think there was a quote unquote tie or it, it was like, you know, two people kind of tied out and Aaron won, who knows, all but right. he was like, he was incredible. Like it, to, to watch that movie and not have your skin crawl because of his performance. I mean, come on, nocturnal animals to go back to him. He was just, he was just an incredibly good bad guy. Hmm. He's one of the better ones that I've seen. Because you actually the
0: movie, I don't know that he scared me that much. No, that's the thing;
1: he doesn't really scare you. It's one of those Michael
0: Keaton in Pacific Heights. Yeah, but uh, it's one of those. Uh, I don't more... know if you
1: ever if you ever saw Funny Games. It's I it's have not seen it yet. Yeah, I, have you're, it, you're... I have it in my queue. I mean, there's two of them, but yeah, you know, watch there's... the original. Um, I have both of them in yeah. my Netflix queue. But the but the psychopath with the smile, I think that's what he did. I mm-hmm. think he was the polite guy. I think he was kind of he is. A nocturnal animal i mean you know literally you know like the literal term but it's just like he was always in a good spirit and he was always in a good mood and he was always like that you know very uh somber and very quiet and just like why you know it wasn't that bad it wasn't that big of a deal that you know i did all these horrible horrific right. things so it's just like that that kind of like uh it makes it more confusing for jake Hall and for michael shannon to quote unquote do things Uh, Or to be upset or whatever, because they find, you know, when they meet this guy, it's like, he's just like a normal kid. And hey, how's it going? I love, you know, he's not like the monster or the animal. So when they when
0: they confront him,
1: Mm -hmm. what a great scene. No, that's what I'm saying. When he's
0: outside. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Best motion picture, musical or comedy. Uh, The nominees were Sing Sing. Haven't seen it. Uh, Sing Sing. Yeah. Sing Sing. Or I'm sorry, Sing. Sing Street sing street have you seen it
1: no that's uh, the movie that we just that uh, my dad just got oh and it looks really good like i've seen the, they, they what? Showed the trailer. what your dad just
0: got it you didn't bring it over
1: uh, uh i hate Mark really uh really the 112 movies everything. that i brought
0: over i've I'm, seen everything uh florence foster jenkins was nominated shouldn't have been piece of shit um deadpool <laughs> was nominated uh, should have won. won, epic movie, greatest movie ever, not really, but it was good. <laughs> uh, 20th Century Woman was nominated, it should not have been, it's it's so not a best picture, it's alright, but come on. Uh, and the winner, which is apparently amazing, uh, La La Land. So, yeah, La La Land and, you Gotta know, go won the it. night, killed the night. Uh Best Motion Picture Drama, uh nominees were Hacksaw Ridge. Okay, fine. No. Uh Mel Gibson gets a bit of a comeback there. Manchester by the Sea doesn't belong there at all. It's nowhere near a best picture. <laughs> Lion belongs there, it was fantastic. Hell or High Water was good. I don't know if it's best picture material, but it was good. But I guess they're sort of thinking like no country for old men and mm-hmm. um you know, there will be blood, things like that. Like that's why it's nominated. And the winner, hands down, deserving Moonlight. Have you seen Moonlight? I haven't seen Moonlight. You racist bastard. Yes, pretty much. Why? Because I'm taking after you. Black person, black people are in. it. It's actually, I think, like you an haven't seen black Fences.
1: Cast. You bastard. So. Uh,
0: Moonlight is an entire black cast and does not deal with racism issues, really at all. Um, you know, it, it slavery, none of that is the topic. It is fantastic. Uh, so hopefully it'll get more recognition now. Definitely want we'll to check it out. I think it will. Uh, I think it will change people's minds and views mm-hmm. and, and enlighten. People. I think it will enlighten people. That's, yes, that's what I want to say. Uh, so those are the Globe winners. We can. Uh, the big deal of the night was Meryl Streep's speech.
1: In La La Land. La La Land. Uh, well, Lola swept, Lola Land swept, which um, hasn't ever happened. So Meryl Streep's speech kind of
0: is like six minutes long. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to play it for six minutes
1: No, you can go Google it.
0: Uh, I you know, I, she took some jabs at uh, Trump
1: and uh, not just Trump, but like the, administration the people, and... but people following Trump, too. I think which the... was and it was he... funny too to cut you off because you didn't see it. But they did show that the camera did go towards her fans, you know, mm-hmm. people that were really into it. Mm-hmm. And then it went to uh, Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson. And they, of course, were like, you know, cringing. Because they're pieces of shit, you know, that not only support Trump, they actually backed him financially, which is hilarious. Having actors backing up, a, financially backing up a supposed billionaire, yeah. but uh, though those camera shots were kind of funny because Mel Gibson's face was, you know, he was, you know, clearly uh, uncomfortable through the whole thing, and Vince was just kind of like, "Is she over yet? Who cares?" I mean, his his face kind of looked like what Trump tweeted out. Since, you know, Trump tweeted out it, of course, you know, 11 o'clock at night that she's the most overrated actress and nobody listens to her.
0: Right. That's that's 157
1: the... award uh, nominations and or wins. But she's very overrated. Well, here's the thing. He's such a fucking loser.
0: I don't care how many wins she's had, uh, how many nominations she's had. I don't care if this is her first nomination. I don't care if she is the worst actress that has ever right. existed. The president of the United States
1: should not give a fuck.
0: Right, basically, Meryl Streep, regardless of whether you agree with her or not, and I haven't really listened to anything that she said, she is trolling the president. Right, the president has no business acknowledging a troll. None. Like plenty of people trolled Obama, and for eight years, every day,
1: two thousand times a day. Obama
0: was not perfect. So even when someone trolled him on something that they were right about, he's still the president of the United anything. States office does not have the time, should not have the time yeah. to respond to trolls. Right. Now, I probably agree with 90 percent of what uh, Meryl Streep says. So even she's trolling him. I yeah. don't care. It doesn't. It's. It's not what his views are, and anytime someone con- is against that, they're trolling you. That's what that is, mm-hmm. and, and the president shouldn't acknowledge trolls.
1: Yeah, he's a fucking loser, and that's um, all it is. So, so uh...
0: Thank uh, you. That's,
2: Please sit down. Please sit down. You didn't have a voice. Thank you. Too much screaming? I love you all, but you'll have to forgive me. I've lost my voice probably and screaming, screaming and lamentation this weekend and i have lost my mind sometime earlier this year so i have to read
0: does she start right in no um how long does it take before she starts thank out? you oh, hollywood oh. foreign I, I saw one.
2: <laughs> just to pick up on you fuck what? i didn't remember. i didn't who are we and and you know it? six minutes hollywood? They don't even worry about me? it it's just a bunch of people from other places kids from ohio Oh, in Ireland, I do believe. And she's here nominated for playing a small town girl. Is she from talking Virginia. about this stuff right now? Ryan Gosling, like arts, which gets <laughs> to say this, so. All right.
0: Anyway. Um, what I read from her speech was uh, the thing that stood out the most to me. Um, and maybe this was commentary, I don't know. But yeah. basically, she said that Hollywood is made up of more than the elite actors. Yes. Yeah. It is all the PAs and the Everything. gaffers and the grips and. But she, uh, I mean, she started off like what, she
1: started it. off there. Like I mean, that part that you were fast forwarding is not just the elitist, but it's like it's not just "quote unquote" Hollywood. Like these are kids and actors and actresses from all over the world, and they play pr- certain roles and they put feelings into it to let you know that you should have feelings. You know, it's like it was right. a, it was a great speech. I mean, whoever wrote it, you know, that with her uh it well was phenomenal
0: you know that's that's a huge point is most of the actors here in hollywood most of the uh, directors the producers the hollywood elitists are not from california no. they come from other places yeah. but
1: and that's what she's saying
0: Cal- hollywood is without a doubt a more liberal you know democratic skewing community so it's fair for the liberal yes
1: yeah. well, hold on time out liberal yes Democrat, I don't know about that.
0: It's a Democratic skewing. Our state goes blue. I mean, there's no... Yeah, but... You can look at the districts. Orange County and Hollywood blue. are
1: actually um, kind of red because of the money.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not, I'm not saying that... No, I know. But uh, it, it's... It, in large part, if you visit a production of... Uh, you know, that in, according to those cards at the end of movies, it employs... This movie employed 12,000 people. Pirating it will destroy the industry. Right. Those 12,000 people, the majority of them are dem- skewed Democrat. Yeah. Anyway... Um, it's fair for the Republican side to label all of Hollywood and all of California as being, you know, a bunch of liberal hippies, right. because that's a that's a decent generalization yeah. you could make. Um, but the important part there is is most of these people came from other states; they're not just Californians. Uh, sure, maybe they adopt that liberal view because that becomes the industry that they work in. But m- the majority of those twelve thousand people that are working in film. I got news. The majority of them are broke. Like not only of not only are they not, there's a few that are in less than the top percent on no, a feature film, of and there's a few who are making a living wage. And mm-hmm. then the majority of them are broke. Or like just working. It, it's we a job. started this conversation. I was talking about your dad and like what, what was his big break. And your mom, Mary, she was in college. She met your dad and she got together with a loser actor. And I right. made that comment because in college, he didn't he wasn't doing anything. I mean, she was looking at, well, my future is, is this guy's going to work plays. And, you know, we'll we'll right. make a living. That's right. Kind of as far as it goes. Your mom became a teacher, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and so she was like, you know, the only ha- chance that we have at having health insurance for the kids and a retirement plan is me right? because, you know, my, my dreamer of a husband yeah. <laughs> is not going to make any bu- any money. That's the industry. So the majority of those 12,000 people that work on a film are actually poor. Um, So it's not, they're not the elitist type. And I feel like that was the biggest message that she got out yeah, from absolutely. this. but.
1: Anyway, and it's international. It's not just like, I mean, the the big thing that she pointed out right there was like, it's not like every single person that's, you know, making these movies is directly from and living in one particular city, which of course doesn't make any sense. But that's where Trump and these kind of people, you know, talk about. It's like these liberals, you know, like you said, liberal artists, hippies or whatever. They're all from Hollywood. And you're like, no, <laughs> that entire room. I mean, but the room last for the entire Republican Party, for like the the Golden Globe room that that was there, maybe 20 of them were actually from California. All right.
0: But let's clear. Let's be clear on this.
1: Now, when you are
0: a liberal Californian, it's very easy to point to the figurehead and like everything that is wrong, you point at Trump. But it's not Trump. No. It is the entire Republican administration. Right, I I got you. I'm just clarifying.
2: Um,
0: It's very easy for all of us to go, well, Trump did this, Trump did that. But it's not always just straight up Trump. Just like for the Republican administration, for Trump, it's really easy to point the finger, oh, it's Hollywood. Right. And especially when you're in the Bible Belt and you're speaking to Democrats and you're going, you know, the the people in Hollywood are filthy rich. They're not your people. But on the same token, the people in Washington, the Republicans, are filthy rich. They're not oh. your people either. Of course, um,
1: they're making a good living and not doing shit.
0: Regardless of Trump's politics, <laughs> if you are from the Bible Belt or the Rust Belt, you are a moron if you think that the billionaire Trump is going to save you. Right? Like, or, care,
1: or care one. It is not going One to happen. One ounce of water towards you.
0: Reagan was uh, a governor of California. He did a lot of good things for California. He went on to president. And as president, he favored California, and he continued to do things for California. During the Reagan years, things were fat, dumb, and happy. When Reagan left office, we realized there was this enormous deficit. He spent money like mad. It mm-hmm. was crazy. We, are still, we still have not recovered to this day from what Reagan did. Right. Trump has an allegiance to New York City. Yes. He said, in everything he's ever done, he loves New York. It's New York. It's New York. Mm-hmm. His his uh, term, his uh, presidential term, will be good for New York and for Washington and himself, and no one else. Right. <laughs> like if you think he's getting you a job in the Rust Belt, you're nuts. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yes. That's my opinion. Good. Uh, so we got the globes out of the way. We got some politics out of the way. We are 20 <laughs> minutes in and now for the big topic that you studied for.
1: i studied. You, you said you studied. You took some notes. To you brought some know, notes today. I, I know. I know these. Movies. You
0: give it some thought, of course. Um, and uh, last week, off air, I had uh, given him this topic. I got a homework assignment. He uh, got a homework assignment. I did I it off all, air. I got all excited because I wasn't sure if he would follow through, and I didn't want to make a promise that <laughs> I couldn't keep.
1: Wow. Um,
0: so, so we're going to talk about horror. Yes, horror movies. That's not what not I,
1: horror. Horror. So oh, that's what I, your whores? your favorite porno. That's
0: what it was supposed. I didn't to be. look your up your favorite porn.
1: horror movies. I didn't look up porn. Sorry.
0: Um. So. Uh, so. What do you got? What's. Uh, tell I have, me. I have a list over it, here. It doesn't have to be in any particular order, but let's talk horror. What, uh, yes. Enlighten me now. Momentarily, we talked about funny games. Funny games is. Uh, overall plot, from what I know, is a, a couple of kids enter a house, hold a family hostage, and torture them.
1: It's uh, it's one hundred percent torture porn that doesn't let up for the 90 minutes and it's a home invasion torture porn disgusting piece of shit film and then they remade it for an american audience uh scene by scene word for word oh really the same director i
0: didn't oh i didn't realize it was that a scene by scene scene
1: by scene completely and totally i think they might have changed one or two scenes because the kid uh gets fucked up even worse in the original Uh um but yeah uh, movies that I'm not crazy about. I'm not crazy about torture porn or home invasion because to me that's not horror that that to me that would go towards like a drama uh more more than horror. So that's just my own op- opinion of like a home invasion type movie.
0: Well, I I mean as far as torture porn go- goes, I do love Hostile. so that yeah. falls into although I love it not for the torture Part right, but for the, story the psychological behind it, yeah. um, Funny Games has been in my Netflix queue and got on my list because uh, I had this idea of doing a uh, a home invasion, a, a, a torture, not a, a a couple of guys break into a house and and terrorize, right? Torture, but terrorize the uh, people who live there, right? Um, so. Uh, I was wanted to watch Funny Games to yeah. see if my idea was similar to that. I've never gotten around to actually penciling out the script. So uh, I I haven't watched the movie yet because yeah. I figured I would, I would watch it as yeah, I got, I got to it. it. Uh, so let's anyway, see. so horror... So this guy I'll, did Funny Games... Hold on a second. He did ahead. Funny Games in 2007 and Funny Games in 1997. Yeah. Um, and one of these... The kid... Let me click on. He was in
1: a uh, Boardwalk Empire, in the the, uh, the remake.
0: Yeah, the Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt. Like okay, he's really good. So in the American version, that's what I've heard. In the American version, Naomi Watts, Tim Roth, Michael yeah. Pitt are in it, and Michael Pitt is who's the villain. Yeah, he kills it in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So you you think that the American version sucks because the shot? For I, didn't shot say, I didn't
1: say I didn't say sucks, but it's just like it's just funny when. We talked about Psycho last time. When you're going to, quote-unquote, remake a movie, there should be a different spin, there should be something different, there should be this or that. Like if putting you're going
0: girls to, in Ghostbusters? Yeah.
1: If you're <laughs> going to do a shoot-by-shoot, shoot, I just don't understand why. I've, I've never particularly understood the reason for that. It comes down to the uh, original Funny Games had an audience, obviously, a cle- you know the, the little click audience here in America anyway. And nobody saw... The remake compared to you know it wasn't a huge blockbuster right. movie anyway. Even well, when you put big names in it, you know, even when he... at the time Tim Roth was pretty big uh, name. We watched, I mean, was nominated for awards, you know, for other movies, uh, and Michael Pitt was kind of on his way up in the world. So you I'm, put big big, yeah, big names in it or whatever, and it still didn't really do much, you know, financially.
0: I'm behind the uh, Psycho remake, right. the shot for yeah. shot remake right. that Gus Van Sant did um, because. A, Gus brought Psycho to a new audience right. who hadn't seen it before. And B, as a director, I could see, like, Gus had made a lot of things up to that yeah. point. He had had a successful career. It's safe for him to take risks Don't know. at that yeah. point. Absolutely. Um, I, For me, I actually think it would be awesome, an awesome challenge to remake Back to the Future shot for shot. That would be fun. Okay. Does it, Serve an audience? Maybe not. Right. But when you're Gus Van Zandt at that level, right. you can do it. Now, I would rather see that than see Steven Spielberg try to make Stanley Kubrick right. shot for shot, which turned out to be garbage. Right. Or Well, it wasn't shot for shot in that case. He changed the story, but he, he molded off of Stanley Kubrick, right. Um, which was AI, right? Yeah. And the movie is a pile of steaming dog crap. It's not even steaming. It's right. so stale <laughs> yeah. and been there. It's almost... It's ash dog crap. It's just terrible. That movie is
1: awful. That's awesome. I like that. So ash I would rather see
0: crap. Spielberg remake Kubrick shot for shot yeah. than try and, try and emulate Kubrick right. into a piece of crap. Right. Um, and that's been done with you know other things.
1: I... I... So, I take it back to like what my dad said a long time ago. I forgot what movie it was. It could have been Cape Fear. It actually could, it was probably Cape Fear. When you're going to make a remake, why would you remake good movies? And that's one thing that's always been very strange. Because um, you want to
0: bring them to an audience. The original Cape Fear... So I have not watched those two Cape Fears close enough together. Right. I saw the original one uh, 10 years before I saw the, right. the remake. Are they shot for shot? Are they yeah. no, okay. Um they're, very, they're
1: eerily similar. Well they but no. it's
0: the story's gotta yeah. uh gotta be similar. Um I remember the original Cape Fear being good and I remember the remake being good.
1: Yeah, I didn't like the remake.
0: Okay. The remake is Robert De Niro. Yeah. And you know, I remember him, you know, attacking him on, on the boat I mean, big, big, and it was it, it the, was exciting.
1: Um, but there's, there's, there's a million movies out there.
0: Your dad, go back. Your dad said yes. about remakes. Why would you, was that the end of the quote? Why would you? Um, pretty close. Yeah. All I right, mean, pretty fine. much. Yeah. Sorry. Just I, I mean, re, off, remaking,
1: right? remaking movies, you know, is like you said, financially one thing, bringing it to a quote unquote new audience is one thing, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, okay, so I just, you know, I just don't get.
0: Now, uh, Michael Hankey clearly.
1: I don't when, get a lot reason... of the remakes.
0: So he makes uh, Funny Games in uh, 1997, Yes. and 10 years later, someone gives him money, yes. and he makes, remakes it shot for shot, and right. that's just lazy filmmaking. And he's like, what the hell? I'll make it for an American audience with these people, and they want to make it. And he was probably figuring, you know, it's less work. You've already got, I mean, you've yeah. got a full-on animatic. It's an <laughs> actual movie to follow. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll bring it to bigger audiences, and it didn't. I'm sure he cashed enough of a paycheck to, for his next few movies, uh, which, oh, he wrote the screenplay for more in 2012, uh, which I did not like. That was a big, you remember Amore? Oh, Amore. Oh, the Amor. old people? Yeah. Uh, that won some awards. He wrote the screenplay for it. I thought it was a bad movie. Anyway. All right. Back to, now we're off of funny games, to your <laughs> list. Top, top 10 horror movies uh, are in the 10. They don't need to be numbered. What do yeah. you got there? Let's, let's see. Well,
1: I, you, if you talk horror, you have to go, to me, you have to go to the originals. And I think the original would be Frankenstein. Um, oh, you're going Franken- way back. Frankenstein cr- started, to me, the universal classic horrors started the craze um, for film, for horror film. And I th- to me personally, Frankenstein is my favorite out of those. You know, like the Dracula, the mummy. Are we talking
0: 1931?
1: Um, yes. The original 1931, Frankenstein.
0: The original 1931, director James Whale. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, why? Boris Karloff is in this.
1: Why? Because it actually is still fairly scary. It is uh, an actual, if you look up, you know, definitions of horror, if you look up definitions of the macabre, you know, this is this is the definition of the macabre, you know, crazy, a crazy, a crazy doctor. Scary? I yeah, I mean, people who have never seen it before, if they watch this, there would be scenes that they were kind of freaked out. Yeah. Hmm. Only because I, I, I think it still works. I think it's still uh, he's creepy and people actually I mean, this is true. Pride of Frankenstein is actually scarier. Um, so Pride of Frankenstein is, you know, is always up in the top, you know, the top 10 also. Um, I just like going back to the roots. I like going back to the roots of you know this to me. That you're the talking roots about an old Ameri-
0: Bride of Frankenstein, not uh, yeah,
1: 1935, I think 1934, right around there. Um, 1935, you hit yeah. it
0: right there. Yeah. Um, also, both directed by James Whale, yeah. and you think that the Bride of Frankenstein is just as scary,
1: if not scarier, because it's you know it, it just brings more. "Quote unquote," uh, I don't know, terror or you know something. It, just the just the whole thought of a human being wanting to be God, you know, or godlike, and bringing someone to life that was dead. Um, that's kind of like the the, the storyline for so many movies, even today. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just I love it. I, I, I watch it probably once a you know every ish maybe every other Halloween. I'll watch the classics.
0: What? what stands out from these movies these two that inspire you is there a scene is there a, a the scene style? in Frank
1: the, the scene in Frankenstein the uncut scene is still to me one of the scariest creepiest what uncut scene which scene? Uh, where he's playing with flowers with a little girl and he kills the girl oh okay. uh, you still you, you watch that scene and you're like this is 1930 when they made the film and it's a monster playing a game with the eight seven six-year-old girl or whatever and Mm -hmm. he kills her and you just sit there and you're like holy fuck he'll do that that like just imagine what the 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 people seeing that movie back in the 30s let alone today Mm -hmm. uh some people get a giggle out of it and some people like i can't believe it and some people doesn't really bother you know whatever it's going to bring something to you it's going to like you know uh, jar your senses Uh and that's that's to me that's what horror that part of art that's what it should do is jar your senses? It's I fuck you
0: I up. have not seen either of these movies in uh, since I
1: was probably yeah teenager yeah, high school
0: in yeah. twenty some years. Yeah. so uh, I will uh, get them on the queue to revisit them. I do yeah. vaguely remember. Oh, I have. I sh- am
1: for sale too. So <laughs>
0: where where can you buy them at? Huh? You have them for sale. Where can you
1: uh, buy them Well, to? I'll be uh, at several conventions this year. So, so yeah. do you have a website? It's not on the. It's oh, okay. not a website.
0: Um. So. Uh, Uh, So definitely the universal. I I do vaguely remember the shot of him with the daisy. Yeah. With the.
1: the, Yeah. You know, you know, it's the little game with the daisies and the little girls playing with it. And it's the, you know, it's the fox and the hound. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just an adult.
0: What sticks out? uh, Bride of Frankenstein.
1: Um, Bride of Frankenstein. When she first sees him and then he tries to, you know, touch her and everything. And she freaks out and he's, you know, they both scream at each other and it's, I, I don't know it, it's just like it's one of those it's a little campy but at the same time it's scary at the same time it's kind of fun you like you just watch it and, and again my mind goes to back to 1935 i mean this is like a totally different era um of filmmaking and it's just really well made they're they're also very well made films
0: but do they stand up today
1: to me, yes, and I think to a, a certain audience, yes. Uh-huh. I don't know about the the mass general audience. I don't know because of you know OCD, ADHD, and special effects and CGI. See, every time they try to remake Frankenstein, every time they try to make the Draculas, Tom Cruise's in Mummy, a three hundred fifty million dollar film. Yeah, the original Mummy. Cool. The, the original <laughs> Mummy cost you know like six hundred grand. So you just sit there and you are like, even then, that's, I don't
0: think it's really the same story
1: though. It can't be the same story. It's because uh, it's, it's definitely Tom Cruise. Like a, so Tom Cruise is not going to be you know, yeah. going to Egypt. And, yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I just I just sit there and I love the universal horror. I just, I, I love most of them.
0: So, Citizen Kane, for its time yeah. and its innovations, I totally get. Right. I cringe when someone says Citizen Kane's greatest movie ever. What I hear is when someone says that, I hear, oh, which film professor told you to say yeah. that? Because it's not. No. no one is. You know, there is not a population going. Oh my God, Citizen Kane's on! I I got to stop what right. I'm doing and watch this. It is no. The greatest the,
1: film ever made is Lawrence of Arabia. the
0: The editing techniques in Citizen Kane and the the filmmaking techniques I mean. are fantastic right. for its time. Yeah. If you release Citizen Kane, if you do a shot for shot remake of Citizen Kane and release it today, it just dives. Right. It doesn't even make it to a theater. I don't even know if it gets if it makes it to a red box. <laughs> um casablanca Mm -hmm. you do a shot for shot remake for that today and it holds up yeah it's It's, a great love story that's a movie that oh my god it's still i i couldn't believe it i had never seen casablanca until six years ago i it was a movie that was it was a love story about a war growing up my entire life not in my wheelhouse no interest in it maybe one day i'll say this about fences (laughs) um I had no interest in seeing Casablanca. About six years ago, seven years ago, I started watching the classics. Um, I wanted to hone my filmmaking skills, and Casablanca was one of them. So I... You got to understand when I'm I'm not speaking about it like I love this movie. Right. I watched uh Citizen Kane 6 7 years ago as well at the same time. Right. And The Great dictator, dictator Charlie Chaplin's film. I watched a whole bunch of old films right. that are considered the best. I went through the AFI uh, right. top 100 list. And when I watched Casablanca 6 years ago for the first time, I went, "Oh my god." Yeah. This movie works. is a it it fits today. You yeah. changed the war to the Iraqi war now to Afghanistan or like this is this is it's so u- current and so It's quite topical. literally
1: universal. You could put um, it in any situation. It's a pure love story.
0: Fantastic movie. At that same time I, I I watched a ton of stuff. The other movie that I blew me away that I was like this could be recolorized and released today was Network I could not believe... Uh, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Colorized. You should go back and watch Network. Network? It's color. No, uh, um, it is color. No, I mean color. Oh, 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 like, oh. updated. Yeah. You oh, could absolutely. take... You could, like...
1: Well, they, it created Fox right. News.
0: If you go back and yeah. you watch the 1978 version, or 77 version of Star Wars, and you watch today's colorized right. version of Star Wars, that's what I mean. Okay. The you. 77 version of Star Wars looks like 1977. Right. You gotcha. throw some THX colorization no, I thought on like there, color on my and you can make Star Wars right. look brand new. Right. If they were to do that to network, you could release that thing in theaters, and people would be like, holy crap, this yeah. movie is is on it. I couldn't believe how... How current
1: 30 how years am. ago when they were talking about Fox news.
0: So does Frankenstein hold up like that? Am I going to sit and watch it and go, if Oh you, my God.
1: To me. Yes. I don't know about to you. And like I said, I don't know about the, the general marketplace. Um, okay. But watch it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm get
0: it on the queue. All right. It. What do you got? What else you got on your list? Aliens.
1: Aliens the, 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 with uh, plural. No. Alien, the okay,
0: original. Okay, Alien,
1: the original Alien. The original Alien. Uh, it brought out sci-fi, and it brought out horror. It brought out scares. Um, the main thing I enjoy about the movie, before you even ask, is they're actual real characters. They're not caricatures. Ridley Scott and this script created a space for these people to you know exist, and they're all their own people. You, you get to know them very quickly. And then you actually start caring when the creature, when the alien attacks. Uh, so that's how it works. So when it, you know, it's obviously hostile, mm-hmm. um, and you know, attack, You know, obviously it's attacking for whatever reason. Um, you care that it's killing people off. To me, that's a that's a that's a must in horror. That's a must in torture porn that you like. That's a must in any kind of film that's quote unquote scary. If you don't care about the character that's getting killed off or chased or whatever, you're not, you know, who gives a fuck. Absolutely. To me. That... And so Alien, I think, is probably one of the greatest ever cat and mouse uh, films ever ever created. They're on a ship. They're out in the middle of the fucking space, you know, and literally like what the poster says, no one in space can hear you scream, and that is 100% true. They're 5 trillion miles away from fucking any any form of safety or numbers. This so. is
0: the uh, the one where uh, the alien comes out of the guy's belly at the yes. dinner table, right? Yeah, okay.
1: John Hurd and yeah Sigourney um, Weaver. And, yeah, this
0: yeah. is a very slow. Yeah, paced, oh, it's a slow build. Yeah, I don't want to. It's not a slow
1: movie. It's no. a very methodically
2: yeah. paced. But be, movie. but
1: because of that, that's what I mean. Because of that slow build, you get to know these people. Mm-hmm. You get to know where they're coming from. They have their own scenes. They have a, a lot of group scenes. That's what I mean by character development, where two thirds of the movie, you you know a lot about these guys and and the women you know on this ship. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think a lot of movies do that anymore, unfortunately.
0: No, uh... you know
1: it's like it's real quick. It's like boom, 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 boom. It's you know it's very like. You know, uh, the first scene you have to, you know, you have to grab the audience in the first scene and then do something. You know, it's like, OK, yeah, sometimes it works. And most times to me, it doesn't.
0: There is so. a uh, uh, editor named Tony Zhao. He does. Mm. I guess his last name. He does a series of uh, film essays called Every Frame of Painting. You can watch them on Vimeo or you can watch them on uh, YouTube. Highly recommend. But he did uh, he did this one bit recently where he compared. Uh Luke's transformation in Empire Strikes Back, mm. which takes like three minutes of screen time, or actually it's Luke's failure in Empire Strikes right. Back takes like three minutes of screen time. To Paul Rudd's transformation in Ant Man that takes like thirty seconds of screen right. time. And the reason that you invest in a character in Luke's character and you don't invest in the Ant Man character. Um, highly recommend watching it. It goes to exactly what mm. you're talking about and uh um, That's very interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, every I mean, frame of painting is all of them are fantastic. Right. Even if uh, you don't know what films he's talking about, uh, the guy's insight and take on filmmaking, and it's not from an editing point of view. Right. It's it's he's looking at them as movies and stories, and it's really good. Um, so back to Alien. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, the scene that stands out to me is the you know creature coming out. Absolutely. Above the belly. What stands out?
1: That, that I mean that that particular scene. What do
0: you love about it? What would you? What do you wish you would have? What do you wish could be yours out of it? Like you, like I wish I could have made that scene. I could. Oh no, that 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 particular scene scene right there. That and dinner um, table scene with uh,
1: Harry Dean Stanton, um, who is a phenomenal singer, a phenomenal actor. Uh, He's he's been in uh, La Law, uh, hundreds of roles.
0: What wasn't he? He was in La Law, wasn't he? He was one of the lawyers. Harry Dean Stanton. Oh
1: Jesus Christ! No, that's Harry Hamlin, you idiot. Oh, you're right. Harry Dean Stanton. The actor. Oh, you're right. You're right. Jesus oh, this Christ. is the
0: old guy. This is the this is the um, the stereotypical. Come um, you kids better get yeah. out of here, or don't when go down that road. Which he, is awesome in Cabin in the Woods at the gas station.
1: In <laughs> Alien, he's looking for the cat. He's literally walking around the ship for no apparent reason, and a great sequence in horror when you're like, "Why the fuck is he looking for the cat?" what is he doing? Who cares about the cat? Like, there's like all these things that are going on in your head and you're watching him look through the ship for the cat. When he finds the cat, of course, the alien is already there. And then the, you know, you find out, of course, he's the fucking mouse and the alien been looking for him. And that sequence, Mm -hmm. that entire sequence is phenomenal. Probably the best. Like you see that whole arc right there. And I'm like, Unbelievable. Ridley Scott, to me, is one of the greatest directors ever. But that whole sequence right there is easily one of the best ever. And the way he gets killed is scary as fuck. Because mm. he looks right at the alien, and the alien just sits there and goes, You're dead. Mm. And then it takes about 10 or, like you said, it takes about 20 or 30 seconds for the whole scene to take place. It's not one of those, you know, jabs. You know, it's it literally like, it's it just, it's scary as fuck, too. I mean, it, it still works. You watch that movie on the big screen with sound. Your TV, what decent sound like we have nowadays, you know, whatever, it works.
0: Now, is is part two on your list as well? Uh, not for they, horror, no. Plur- uh,
1: James James Cameron. I mean, he made an action film. Uh, it definitely has scares. It's definitely in the quote unquote sci fi horror, you know, realm. Um, but it's just pure action. I yeah. love Aliens because of that. But it's it's and then Alien Three, David Fincher. I mean, even though it's it's a the production was a fucking mess. I mean, it's was, it was horrifying. Like what happened to him making that movie. Um, I really enjoy that one too, but and that was way more horror. I mean, that was really. Fincher funny. did three Alien Three, yeah. That was huh. that was his first.
0: And do you like Alien Three? Love Alien Three. Really? Yeah. I don't like Fincher.
1: I know. For the most part, you're weird,
0: and I didn't like Alien Three. I didn't know they were connected. I didn't. Like yeah, because <laughs> you're weird.
1: Well, now you know why you probably don't like Alien Three as much.
0: <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm, that's why I'm. I'm a little. I was like, Fincher did Alien Three.
1: Well, he did, and uh, 20th Century Fox was going through three different uh, transition teams, so he would get notes. He actually shows on an interview somewhere uh, a long time ago. Sigourney Weaver and he are talking that on one particular day. He got 19 notes from four different teams of 20th Century Fox. That's why the movie is so bizarre. There's so much fucking going on behind the scenes. It's like you almost want to turn the cameras and go, what the fuck is going on with one of the biggest movie companies in the world? And even right. at that time, it was because it was still Star Wars. I mean, it was still 20th Century Fox. You know the fucking sound. and um, Yes. no, A lot of stuff was going on behind the scenes for Alien 3. and. That was David Fincher's first movie. You know, he just, like, he walks into it, and you're like, holy fuck, whatever I walked Uh, into.
0: Speaking of turning the camera. Yeah. um, Hearts of Darkness. uh, Yeah. Turning the camera on Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. that, That documentary. Oh, one of the best ever. Way better than the movie
1: way better well of course movie. but i mean it, it what, what totally makes the documentary so good is it tells you what happens I'm while watched, making the movie because the movie took like instead of three months it took like you know nine or i ten. watched
0: apocalypse now it's one of those movies that has continually perplexed me because people list it as the greatest film ever you right. know it's awesome this epic movie and i always went what happens in act three this is a good movie up until when Brando shows up. Oh, okay. Why okay, does yeah. this turn to dog shit and we're just watching this guy in a cave and a camera move in and out? What happened to all that great stuff right. leading up to There's this? There's
1: a great, great, and great, I never great... Set up. I never then,
0: yeah. I never knew and I always looked at people and I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know why people like this movie because it's it is a the it action, is a stellar movie until yeah. we get to that but, third. But act. The act
1: the action and the the acting and everything up until that point is so freaking good. I think people tend to turn I'm not joking, probably turn the movie off in the third act. Because well, all of a sudden it just takes a di- and like and you sit there and you're like, Dennis Hopper was high as a fucking kite and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, those people were, you know, all, you know, was great shots of the, you know, the, the you know, no, it's horrible. horrible. Marlon horrible. Brando,
0: Brando, Marlon Brando is heralded as being this fantastic yeah. actor and from Apocalypse now, and actually from everything I've ever seen of his, I don't understand. Right. I think he is one different of the era, worst actors. Different era. Existed. And it's,
1: yeah. It's, then it's I find really
0: out weird. on Last Tango in Paris, which I watched, yeah. and think it's a horrible it fucking It is a horrible movie. film. I, I, yeah. I couldn't, I've never this understood it. I watched Last Tango in Paris like six years ago. It was one of those movies I never watched, and I was like, okay, let me see this. And I watched it, and I thought, this is awful. And just recently, last year, I discovered that Marlon Brando and the director raped that girl. Right. They attack her. They on film, yeah, on film. What you see in the movie when uh, he has sex with her with food or something? Uh, oh, butter! That's mm-hmm. right. He he lubes up it's like to, two or three. He lubes up with butter and yeah. attacks her to have sex with her. What you see on screen, she has no idea right. is coming. Brandon in, in, in the in like the script or Yeah,
1: the script or whatever. He's supposed to seduce her. Now and that's
0: it. in Apocalypse Now, I later on discovered that. The final scene in the movie where they hack up that the animal, the bison or the buffalo, um, the natives historically actually did that. But uh, the filmmakers, which was who, who? Apocalypse Now is Scorsese. No. No. Who is uh, it? Uh, Coppola. Yeah. Um, Coppola and his wife staged that and what you're seeing is the actual killing of a bison or of a buffalo. It's not a fax. So there are two Brando movies that just lead me to think that Marlon Brando is one of the biggest pieces of shit (laughs) to ever be on this planet. Um, And I have zero interest in anything that he's done. And and I don't understand Mm -hmm. why he's put in that picture with James Dean and Elvis Presley and Marilyn Monroe. I don't know what the hell Brando is doing there. I can understand what Humphrey Bogart's doing when he's in that picture. I don't know what Brando's doing Absolutely. in that picture. Anyway, um, back to horror.
1: And that is actual horror because that's actual real violence. Last which, Hanger in Paris? Which I don't agree with and I don't like seeing on film. I don't like, I've I don't never think... understood any form, any form of that should not be in film. I don't know what that so, movie yeah. is. Well, but that's the whole point. That's like, the whole point. It was like people it was, were the always... Fr- it was the French coming out and not making a war movie or porn, which the French were basically making up until that time. All their artsy movies were, you know, Fellini types. You know, like where it was just like I don't know what the hell's going on, but there's a lot of naked people and and a lot of weird language. And there's
0: not a lot of there's two naked
1: people. No, 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 no. no. Like no, like the other like Italian oh, yeah, and no, French okay. movies. And this movie came out at that particular time where it was artsy and. The old guy having his last, probably his last fling with the girl, you know, blah, 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 all that kind of shit. And you're like, that's great, but none of it really made any sense. It's, none of it's really, who cares? It's, you know, so yeah. Our I totally
0: generation, agree. the steamy, sexy movie was nine and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, And Wild Orchid. I think nine and a half weeks was before Wild yeah. Orchid. Yeah, Wild um, Orchid was like...
1: A want to be sequel. Right.
0: And that in nine and a half weeks was like, oh, my God, this was the date movie. This oh, was yeah. a movie, that you know, it is what uh, Fifty Shades of Grey aspires to be. <laughs> and I've seen nine and a half weeks and it is a torrid love affair between two people. It's probably much tamer to today's standards watching it today. I don't know. It is it kind
1: of out. funny if you watch it today. I mean, compared to like the 80s in the 80s, it was, you know, yeah, it was like almost porn.
0: So I imagine. Right. I imagine in the 70s, Last Tango in Paris was. Hornish yeah. was, you Absolutely. know, because that it was really steamy. And that was the date. Oh, well, it was x-rated. But you watch, I watch that movie now. And I'm like, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what genre this is. I don't know that these two people like each other. No. I don't know why these two people are together. Mm-hmm. That dude, here's the other thing about Brando. Never been an attractive guy. Don't understand what anybody's. I've never like. understood that. Even like and on the,
1: on the waterfront, he's like, I, Mr. You know. I, right. Like he's all a, the girls like want to be with him, and all the guys want to be him. And I'm like. Why? Like, There's like the three other main actors in that movie yeah. are so much better looking. And I'm like, why are you going for him? Did right. you see his friend? Right. right. I'm like, I'm not gay or anything, but I would be gay for that guy back in the 50s. I'm like, what the, the fuck? Uh, yeah, so it's very, very odd. The
0: Arthur remake where Greta Gerwig is the object of Russell Brand's affection. I was like, it oh. doesn't work. Yeah. She's just, are you kidding she's, me? She's way too quirky. He, he's going to dump Jennifer Garner for her? Yeah, like, was, yeah. she's a fine actress, but she doesn't have the hots. No. Like. And they tried to go with what they did in the original Arthur with Dudley Moore and, and Liza Minnelli. But the reason that worked is because it was Liza fucking Minnelli. Greta Gerwig is not Liza yeah. Minnelli. Anyway, back to nine and a half yeah. weeks last Tango. I last Tango is piece of shit. Uh, what else you got on your horror list over there? I
1: will go real quick on the classics, of course. Uh, Exorcist, Jaws and Halloween. Okay. I, I, I think all four.
0: All right, we can't go uh, quick A, on those. A obvious reasons and. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, let's start with exorcists.
1: Yes. Okay. Tell ex- me ex-
0: uh, obvious reasons. All right, go ahead. What are your obvious reasons?
1: Uh, it, even if you don't believe in God and devils and demons and the actual exorcist part, mm-hmm. they make this film so fucking believable that you that you you know people that don't even believe in any of that atheists agnostics. Mm-hmm change their minds Mm -hmm. back in the seventies. You know, again, this is 1973, this tour movie film, like it just tore through, you know, movies across, you know, everything. All horror now is basically trying to be the exorcist, Mm -hmm. trying to fuck you up, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think the exorcist is one of the few movies that really did from the very beginning to the movie all the way to the last, very last shot before the credits come up. Um, Unbelievably well wealth made wealth. You know the the filming, the editing, the acting, the writing, every single thing about it, phenomenal. Absolutely, I think it's actually should have and could have won even best picture that year. It was nominated for a bunch of stuff. Um, it's one of those movies that you kind of just sit there and go, well, that that could have, that should have won best picture. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly think that only because it's like even if you take out quote unquote the horror element, it's still such a strong drama. And a strong uh, uh, mother-daughter bond that doesn't really be. Uh, she's here. You're the cleaning, lady, cleaning lady. lady. I can't think of her name. Uh, Carmen. Carmen. Right. Um, and it's and it's uh, truly uh, scary as. And Vince is leaving. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, and it's uh, scary as hell. And it's it's one of those things where, again, character development. It, it, again, just you, you get to know. The priests, you get to know the family. You get to even know friends of the family. Um, you get to know the cop. I mean, there's three or four scenes with the cop. Yeah, you said cock. No, cop, <laughs> policeman. Um, where even those scenes uh, are hard to write even for today, and you're just like, all of a sudden, you actually care about the cop, and you're just like, God damn, man, this is just this is what filmmaking should be. This is a two-hour film. Every shot is fucking perfect, and I think. The other thing to, the, to add to The Exorcist, where other people have uh, stolen from, is what you can do with music in film. Yes. The Bells, by far, when you listen just to The Bells before The Exorcist, it was not scary. Right. It just kind of like almost nerve-wracking, uh-huh. but it was like, oh, this is such beautiful music. You wouldn't listen to it that long because, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that album actually can drive you crazy. But then you put it in that movie and you're like, holy fuck. This the the most the simplest fucking you know rhythm gave that movie just it, it brought it to another element it just it, it just brought it up so ten that, more notches. That was your quick assessment. Yes, exactly. Well, you said no. I'm yeah. like I would I would All have right. walked right through it. But, so you know.
0: Exorcist I have seen fifty times. Yes,
1: and uh, when I was a kid,
0: <laughs> uh, I it was one of the movies that we had on VHS. Yeah. So it was one of the movies that I would watch over and over. All and over. time. I just put it in and I'd watch it. And uh, back when I was a kid, I did believe in God. Um, I am a straight-up atheist today. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in any of that crap. You actually
1: believed in something before?
0: I yeah, I did up wow. until around I'm just twenty when I really gave it a lot of consideration, and I was like, "This is stupid." Um, and uh, on a quick side note, I, I, I people say that they find um a lot of uh, warmth and fulfillment when they find God. Right. I found a lot of warmth and fulfillment when I realized that I was in control of my own destiny. Right. And this was, this was my life. Yeah. And I should make the best of this that I can because there is no afterlife, there is no heaven, uh, the, none of that exists. Right. And, if, and, the, and I, I don't believe I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, as long as I make the best of this life, then Possibly. things will be fine in the afterlife. Look at you. So, uh, and I, I found a lot of sol- solace in that, but straight up atheist. But back then I believed. now I've watched this movie like 50 times. I, I grew the on the exorcist. I love the exorcist, I the music, the whole thing. I watched it about six years ago, along with, you know, catching up on other movies totally holds up. It is not, it is not important whether or not I believe that there's a devil. Mm hmm. It's important that the characters believe right. there's a devil, and yeah. these characters do. Right. I can go along with their journey and go along with the story, and The Exorcist is a fantastic movie to today. Now, sidestep, same time frame. I also, six years ago, I watched Rosemary's Baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Piece of shit. Mm hmm. Uh, none of the characters believe in what they're you know what's going on and what's happening and they're just confused and it's exploitive, and it comes out of nowhere it's an exploitation and it's movie it straight up just does not work right. it's when an exploitation people were movie, like
2: yeah.
0: i get at its time people naive people went into a theater saw rosemary's baby there was no internet and they were enlightened to oh my god people like this actually exist. right I can see where Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. affected a generation. Right. Today, it does not. It's a piece of shit movie. Exorcist still affects you today because it's a well-made movie and those people, those actors, those characters believe right. what is happening and they are into it right. and, and it works. Now, Exorcist I would love to remake shot for shot because I feel Exorcist could be a little tighter.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. It could
0: have a little more coverage and – just a little few tweaks, and that movie would sing today. Like it would yeah. be polished and play like mad today.
1: Okay, you're crazy. Uh, <laughs> and the other two, uh, Jaws. Jaws. So Jaws.
0: Jaws is a movie that I've always loved. I watched it probably five, six years ago again as well. I didn't watch it a lot watched when it, I was want, a kid. Watch it twice a year. Jaws is one of those movies that, like, in my opinion, I don't want to watch all the time mm. because I feel like it ruins it. Mm. Like, Jaws... I feel like if it's like a Christmas uh, or a Christmas vacation, I know all the jokes. I'm no, gonna know all the no. scares. So uh, Jaws is the movie that I try to revisit every five or so years, and I always go. I always forget enough of it to go. Oh my god, that's so good! That's so good. So
1: a lot of stuff behind the scenes again that come out, uh, and you watch it. Dif- I watch it differently every time. Um, talk about scenes that, uh, like you said, that that you remember. When Robert Shaw is eaten by the shark, still one of the my scar- favorite scene. Hands- still one of the scariest. Still one of the scariest scenes I think I've ever witnessed. I watched it as a child, and I watched it. I li- I watched it. I think about two or three months ago. Um, still scares me. Still freaks me out. My and favorite I'm like, that's scene filmmaking
0: is the opening scene, the skinny dipping. Oh no, no, absolutely shark. no.
1: There, I mean, there's 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 I, yeah.
0: Like to me, I I'm giddy when I watch that scene. Yeah. I am. It's so, so fucking scary. Like there here people skinny dipping fancy free as you know as yep. innocent and and free loving free as could be and here's this looming terror and right. they don't know and the shots and the way that you look up and i don't i haven't watched that in a while i don't think you actually i don't think there's any nudity i want to say you don't really see anything um so it's not even exploitive like that but oh my god just the mm-hmm. the juxtaposition of that and then of course there's uh um, but again there's the shot when he's on the boat uh and right behind him the shark jumps out oh, yeah. the the con shot that those are the two that really stick Well I
1: mean I I have the shirt you know Deborah got me the shirt it's like we're going to need a bigger boat I mean yeah. it's we're you know it is the boat. it is the classic line I think in cinema you know one of those you know like top 5 you know lines in cinema right. history AFI you know line it's there. it's up there with like a box of chocolates for you know it's like those are the kind of things that you remember mm-hmm. and that you do remember you know especially with Roy Scheider, just his look I mean he you know complete dumbfounded shock mm-hmm. doesn't even know what to do or say. And that's the first thing that comes out of his mind. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I think everybody would have said that line. That's mm-hmm. also how well it was even written and played out. Cause I would have probably said the same thing.
0: That's another movie that has a great documentary behind how Oh yeah, made, God, and it's and the fantastic. shark not working. And, um, the, I mean, not, not seeing your villain, hiding who your villain is and keeping him in the shadows. Uh, yeah, And Spielberg had no intention of that. They were going to put that shark front and center and you were going to see it constantly. But because that damn shark kept breaking, it's hardly in any of the movie and it made the movie much more. When he
1: when when he and uh, I can't think of the producer's name, when they bought the book, they specifically sold to the writer of the book. They said, you know, to Peter, Peter Benchley, we are going to freak people out by showing sharks. Mm -hmm. You know, we are going to put, you know, whatever. And Peter's like, yes, it's not in the book. Oh, yes. I mean, that would make the, the book even scarier. Right. Yes, you know, and visually it's even scarier. And, of course, what happened is the shark didn't work. I mean, absolutely. Right. So it was just funny where they, they sold the idea, and then they couldn't even perform the idea. Um, and, and made it, you know, holy shit, 100 times scarier. Uh, Halloween.
0: Halloween. I have seen Halloween 50 times. It was another movie that we had back in the day. You have to see day. it. It's, it's um, a must. It's the Good old definitely. Michael Myers and... Um, talk about the villain that I just, I, I, I loved, yeah. like, I don't know. There's this certain, um, you, you want to see Michael succeed while you want to see Michael fail. It's well, a weird. Yeah. It's a weird situation, but Michael is misunderstood and and fleshed out in that movie. And, and that movie is just, uh, yeah, it's just a great mm-hmm. original, and Halloween. again, it's music.
1: Movie. John Carpenter came in. They made that film. This is a, a brief, you know, thing. Uh, it's in one of the documentaries. It's in some of his interviews. They made the film. They showed it to Universal. Did not have music. It wasn't, un, you know, it wasn't a, a, a complete cut or whatever. It was right. a director's cut. Uh, it was a rough cut and didn't have the music and didn't have, I think, two or three scenes completed. Mm-hmm. And the Universal people are just like, whatever. Right. No one's going to see that this. thing. No, but like nobody's really going to see this. We're right. we're, we're not. They're not, they, and it didn't come out nationwide. It's one of those movies that, you know, it came out in California, then it blossomed in New York and it was like the old school seventies. They actually sold it, you know, brick by brick. I mean, it wasn't, you know, in 15,000 theaters, you know, on a Friday night kind of thing. Uh, but universal and the people that were going to predict, you know, uh, uh, pr- uh, producer, promote uh, yeah, promoted, whatever, didn't really give a shit about it. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later he makes the music. It's a complete cut or whatever. Um, The same three people at Universal walked out because they were so scared. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Then the the turning point was literally, holy shit, we need to get this out and more. They were thinking two or three hundred. They literally put down somewhere, I think, that they were going to make 250 prints Mm -hmm. and not really care. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll make 250 prints. We'll make our money back. We'll make a couple of bucks. Mm -hmm. You're going to walk away with the name. That's about as far as it was going to go. And overnight, they made two or three thousand prints. And they actually started promoting it, and they actually put it in New York Times. Is there a
0: documentary on Halloween?
1: Several, I mean, oh. but there there's several, but uh, a lot of good interviews, a lot of a lot of you know, very very interesting making of interviews uh, type of thing where you're just. I like, didn't
0: know if someone like with Jaws and with Apocalypse Now, there's complete docs. I didn't know if someone. Yeah, I don't. Uh,
1: all the inter- it's basically just piece to, piece by piece interviews. Yeah, okay. Some, you know that, yeah, that kind of, stuff. of so it's like the making additions. of is like. Somebody was there, uh, you know, filming, you know, that kind of thing. Deborah Hill, you know, always had a camera with her. She was the writer and and the girlfriend slash wife of John. But um, I think from there we'll go to, uh, we'll go to sequel land. Uh, I have three sequels. that three um,
0: sequels in your top ten. Holy crap.
1: um, For very specific reasons. Uh, One, Mm -hmm. it's the scary to me right now, it is still the scariest movie I've ever seen. Okay. And still scares me, and that's Hellraiser Two. Hellraiser Two. Hellraiser Two. The doc- Pinhead. The Pinhead stuff doesn't scare me. It's the Doctor, and it's the girl. It's the Hellraiser Two scares the be- Jesus out of me, uh, still to this day. Um, and then two sequels that, to me, have.
0: Wait a minute. Pause. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> what about Hellraiser scares you?
1: Hellraiser, the first one is or two. Or two, whatever. In two. Hellraiser two, the Doctor, the Labyrinth. He, these people brought hell to Earth on film, and it was the first time they actually showed it. Where again, believable, not believable. Whether you believe in it, whether you don't believe in it, that's you know that's not really the point. It's the whole to me what they brought to film is scary as fuck. These were crazy monsters. This is a crazy world. I was scared. I still am scared. If I watch the movie, I will. It's this is one of the few movies that gets me. It gets really? under my skin. Yes, and I haven't actually watched this movie from start to finish in years because of it. It still fucks me up, and that's hard. And look at you, Vince over here is smiling because he perplexed. can't believe it. Yeah, I know Hellraiser he can't believe 2. it. Yeah, he can't believe it. But this is true. Hellraiser like, Two. I feel I don't. Is, know, I do
0: not know the background of these movies, but short my, story from
1: Clive Barker my pinhead was, you know, barely my, anything.
0: Right. My recollection was the reason that Hellraiser exists was because Freddie, Jason had an ax and a mask and <laughs> Freddie had knives on his fingers. And there was some studio exec going, we need a really cool thing. And that became pinhead. There it was this pinhead in this box right. and it was like, Okay, we can sell masks, we can sell we this is this is a franchise. That's not really how
1: it happened, but okay. Like, I, mean, yeah. I feel like that
0: yeah. movie was just whole the whole thing was pushed as like, oh, we'll make we'll make George Lucas money off of this, we'll okay. make fucking, you know, uh, uh no. action but, figure money off no. of this. The,
1: the Cinnabites so the Cynobites and Pinhead uh, I have
0: not seen Hellraiser one and two since they were released. Yeah. Like uh,
1: Hellraiser two fucks me up.
0: And I've only I don't even when were they released?
1: Hellraiser is 87. Uh, I want to say Hellraiser 2 is, what, 89, 90? Right around there? Maybe 90? Hellraiser, Hellraiser is
0: 97 and Hellraiser... Oh, yeah, 87. Uh, I don't... What is it? Oh, Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. Hellraiser 2 is 1988. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, it was that quick. Okay. I saw these movies in 87, 88, yeah. 88 89. You were seven? Oh, well, 17, 18, 19. Probably on home video. I don't even think I saw no. these in the theater. Yeah. Um, and that's the last time I've ever watched. Yeah. Either. Of Hellraiser
1: two fucks me up. Um, Absolutely superb, scary as fuck. It just, it's just crazy. It to me, it's all around just, it's a, it's an insane scare. And I love it. And and it's also because it's so original. It's so weird. Um. Gruesome and Clive Barker and his people. It's I don't know. It's got
0: a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What else yeah. you got? Um, land.
1: It, 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 these movies created horror comedy and it, cre- it 100% created the Walking Dead story. So uh, would be Dawn of the Dead, which is okay. a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Right. Unofficial sequel. I mean It's, Unofficial you know, it's, sequel. it's a that's part of the trilogy, the original yeah. trilogy. Okay. I love Night of the, the, the Living Dead. That's movie, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2, which I think is Sam Raimi's greatest achievement ever. I think it's scary. I think it's funny. Um, it's totally fucking crazy editing. It's probably the best editing I've ever seen in a horror movie. Maybe, uh, Exorcist might, you know, push it, you know, Jaws. Mm -hmm. Um, Evil Dead 2 could have, should have, have no idea why Bruce Campbell is not a household name, and uh, a lot of people in the horror industry say the same thing. Um, is Evil Dead 2
0: a comedy? Is that funny?
1: It's, it's very funny.
0: Evil Dead is not.
1: No, Evil Dead was like and made. Evil Dead
0: where is Evil Dead shows its age.
1: Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And absolutely.
0: Evil Dead two. I remember. There's being a little. They have a funny. little budget.
1: Yeah. Uh, they had some budget, and it was him and a cabin, and th- it's really, really funny. It's got some really funny, crazy, silly shit, but then it's scary as fuck too. So I mean, it's got the scares. It's got. It's got a little bit of everything. I think it just really opened up the whole comedy error, you know, of, you know, horror. Mm-hmm. So you can actually scare people. You can throw a lot of fucking blood. You can throw a lot of violence. You know, and it's very over the top. It's, you could see, like, you watch Evil Dead 2, and you immediately understand Sam Raimi's uh, fascination with uh, Spider-Man and with uh, the uh, comics. I mean, it's, it is a comic book, you know, come to life. So, and, but it, it, to me, it's a, it's a very scary one. So it's it's got a little bit of everything.
0: For me, the horror comedy yeah. that uh, made its mark, yeah, I think would be Student Bodies.
1: Absolutely. Which, but uh, Student Bodies, Student Bodies was making fun of certain things uh, from the '80s. Sure, it was. And a, Evil Dead 2, I think movie. was making fun of monster movies. Like these are just stupid. This is ridiculous that monsters could be you but, know so big. But then we're going to scare you at the same time. So, stuck, yeah.
0: stuck in my head forever is, how should I kill her? Yeah. Eggplant. Yeah.
1: Paperclip. Like,
0: Paperclip, these yeah. these sorts of things. The, um, begin,
1: the beginning of Student Bodies is probably one of the five or six funniest scenes ever. When he walks into the it house... It could
0: be remade into a better
1: movie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, when he walks into the house and it's the desk and it's the desktop and he opens up mm-hmm. the desktop and there's a gun, there's a knife, there's an axe, there's a hatchet, there's all these things. And then all of a sudden there's, like you said, an yeah. eggplant and a stapler and he's like picking all this stuff up and it's the heavy breathing and like the moaning and <laughs> you know all that kind of stuff and it's just like what the fuck am i watching what uh, is this and and it works i mean it's still it, it could definitely be remade this is what yeah. that's one of those movies that could and because it be was remade.
0: it was a total no budget uh, oh no like,
1: i think it was made in probably three days yeah had a good idea it literally it paramount slap
0: the thing together and yeah. put it out um, so actually giving you know, it had, a decent budget and, yeah. and you know honing that thing down would be yeah. kind of fun. Uh, b- although I guess maybe a lot of horror comedies have taken from it, but uh the other horror comedy or maybe comedy horror, <laughs> Saturday the fourteenth. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I love Saturday the fourteenth. As seen a that kid, forever. yeah. I as I mean that the girl in the bathtub, the daughter. I was fourteen, she's you know, fourteen, fifteen years old. I thought she was the hottest thing yeah. ever. And still, <laughs> if I watch Saturday the fourteenth now, there's part of me that is just like, she's so smoking hot. Because yeah. it has stuck with me from yeah, my absolutely. childhood that I am eternally I think, in love with that cost. But I, think that's I don't why, even know who she is. Gonna, I
1: think that's why Hellraiser 2 has stuck with me so well. It was because I was 18, 19, right around there. I was really into horror. And so much horror was cliche or boring or dumb or, you know, whatever. And Hellraiser 2 was just full-on fucking scary. There was not very – there was very little, if any, humor in it. There's very little uh, – Anything that draws away from it, it just to me, I think that's why I have such a strong uh, uh, appreciation for the Macabre and Dread. You just like it's it's pure fucking dread. It's just like oh my god, what the fuck did she open this box and hell came out and it's fucking scary as fuck. Right. We're Saturday the 14th, student bodies in these, absolutely. We're just making fun of the whole genre. We're just making, Saturday the 14th is hilarious. I mean, I remember, yeah. I don't remember the whole movie. I remember bits and pieces. You say that movie and I just remember bits and pieces yeah. and even the poster's fucking hilarious. Yeah, the poster's and you're there. just like, God, that's a funny, that's a very, very smart, smart film.
0: I don't think it's out on DVD. No. That was one of the movies now, that you, I had to make my way to a torrent
1: site. I've made money off of the VHS. Yeah. So yeah.
0: I, I had to pull it off of a torrent site to get it.
1: There's three or again, there's three or four people And I went hunting. Like there's, I
0: I tried to get that movie no, legitimately. There's
1: three or four comp- again, there's three or four people involved with the film where the families or whatever, they're they're all fighting. They're all, you know, fighting over it. So I don't think it'll ever come out. It's one of those movies. Um
0: and the third horror comedy that you just really i loved fell in love with was return of the living dead
1: oh no absolutely yeah the, the
0: half dog yeah i mean the half dog yeah. stuck in my mind forever
1: but again i mean the guys who wrote that wrote night of the living dead i mean it's so it's like they they created the zombie world and then fucking just made fun of it at the same time and it was just brilliant on both sides so if you watch night of the living dead the original night of the living dead um or return of the living dead it just really really smart really funny um, and at the same time, there's some gruesome stuff in there. There's some, you know, blood and guts and violence and horror. There's actual horror. So, I mean, it was, you know, it's a very smart, uh, film, you know, very, very creative. You know, that's one of those movies where you're just like, damn, I wish I made that, you know, cause yeah. it was so clever. Um, yeah.
0: What else you got on your list?
1: Uh, let's see, uh, scratch that, 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 uh, um,
0: what are you saying? Scratch that, 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 no, no, we're done. We're done with oh, those. Oh, uh, okay.
1: And let's let's go into the two movies. Um, Rob Bottin, uh, special effects god. Uh, the the main reason why I love horror and gore and all this kind of stuff is obviously for what artists can do special effects wise. Not just the blood, not just the knife. You know, cutting someone's throat, but like how do you do that without, of course, you know, hurting someone and you know just doing stupid shit. so it would be uh the howling and uh john carpenter's the thing uh i think are two movies that i watch i watch the thing probably at least once a year all the way through if not twice all the way through um just i mean also i mean i'm kurt russell fanatic so i mean anything with kurt russell i'll watch anyway but yeah oh yeah he's easily one of my top three um I didn't you know you were a... Uh, oh, player. love him. I've liked him all the way back from the Disney movies. So it's, you know, watch, you know, uh, and John Carpenter's uh, Elvis movie. You know, he was Elvis. Yeah, he so it was Elvis. You know, he's good as Elvis. Yeah. So, um, I it, like Kurt Russell, too. I didn't know yeah. if he a fan. He's one of the few, like... He I've, doesn't
0: have a lot of range. He's just no, Kurt Russell. But, he's, but that's he's, the thing. He's that's Tango what, and Cash, uh, Overboard. Those are some I of the think- comedies.
1: Um, I think my sar it? I think my sarcasm my my the laid back sarcasm that I have I see in him so I just I it, he appeals like all his characters appeal to me because I'm like I'd probably be the same way. Um, I wouldn't be as good looking or definitely as skinny because um, he's always you know paper thin you know the what? guy like I don't think he ever eats but uh he's yeah. just he's just so good and you watch the thing and he's just so believable in that movie. There's
0: two movies made like a year apart where they lose their wife one is him, and the other's is Kiefer Sutherland, and it's Vanishing.
1: The Vanishing? Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah. He, Kurt Russell's in a movie where his wife is taken, and so is...
1: Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Kurt um Yeah. I can't think of the damn so thing. It's
0: like the exact same plot. Wife is left. The, the car's left on the side of the road, yeah. and he comes back, and his wife is gone. Right. Um, and then he's trying to track down. I, yeah. Both of them very good movies. Yeah. Um, all right. The Thing. So you have The Thing, and you have The Howling. Now, The Howling... We'll talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Um, I remember when the Howling came out. The special effects were insanely awesome. The growing Eddie, of the Eddie, Eddie turning um, into the
1: uh, to the werewolf. Is... It was it
0: was phenomenal. Yeah. Today they look like dog shit. No, they don't. I feel like they they no, just don't. That like it just doesn't translate. You're it doesn't insane. work watching that movie today. You're insane. Um, but I I do remember for years going, yeah. oh my god, that is the most amazing thing ever. Mm. And now just going, what was I thinking? Yeah, because you're great. Now, The Thing, I don't feel like I have any problem. I haven't watched The Thing in a while, but Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have any problem with the effects on The Thing. I feel like.
1: No, there's not one. I don't think there's anything wrong with The Thing at all. I think. I know I'm a a mega fan. I'm a mega fan. Well, The the Howling is super campy. You know
0: what. Well, The Howling is campy. You know what a human looks like, and you know what a wolf looks like. Right. So watching these translate, you're in your mind, you're processing that's not real. And with the thing, you don't know what the thing looks right. like. So whatever they give me, right. it's like aliens right. or alien, either one. Whatever you give me, I accept because...
1: You accept or you don't accept?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't right. have a point of reference for what this exactly. alien is supposed to look like. So I think that's probably my problem with Howling. So Howling, you love these movies because of a fact. You love the thing. I love. I effect. love the
1: Howling anyway. Um, I think it's a campy, funny, awesome story. I think D. Wallace, you know, at the time she was D. Wallace Stone, uh, or no, she was D. Wallace back then. Um, I thought she was brilliant. as e. T., You know, because it's E. T.'s mom, right? right? And it's, it's it's her vehicle that was given to her. It's this low budget, campy little cheesy horror movie. Uh, It still works. I watch it. Um, I actually was listening to the soundtrack on the way over here. The soundtrack (laughs) is one of the best soundtracks ever, uh, ever, ever, ever created. Um, To me, The Howling is almost a perfect film because of that. It has scares. It is over-the-top silly. It's over-the-top violent. It has a little bit of everything. That's why I like it. That's why I like it so much. I appreciate everything about it. I think Joe Dante and his people are fucking just... Brilliant filmmakers, and um it's just—it's a fun, crazy, silly, stupid movie that I can watch. It's also one of those few movies where I can watch five times in a row and still appreciate and, and watch it.
0: Are you aware they're making a sequel or they're making a remake?
1: Howling? Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, they've already it is there's six of them, seven. There's six Howling. Well, there's six movies that with the the Howling name. um But yeah, they're going to make another. One. Of course, they're going to make another
0: one. Uh, it's it's uh, slated for release in mm-hmm. 2017 yeah. it's it's been like shot and in the can and mm-hmm. um, yeah it it's ready to go yeah uh, the director has done the dollmaster is the only movie that i recognize here um i don't recognize any what's of it. what's the director's ones. name uh steven smith i don't know yeah i don't mm. i have no idea um
1: special effects person or you know a visual effects person well I'm a lot sure of them are you know, making yeah the movies, same so. people
0: who worked today on the walking dead kmb mm-hmm. effects and all those yeah. other types of people uh so the the howling is being remade howling 1981 all right um
1: so t- and the thing again to go back to the thing uh, we've talked about it off off these podcasts or whatever it we is We talked
0: about it on the podcast too. yeah
1: but it's it's by far one of uh, lawrence of arabia and the thing are probably my favorite movies really yeah. those would those would be the yeah.
0: two at the top lawrence of arabia and yeah. the thing <laughs> They're pretty close in, in similarity there.
1: Uh, visually, yeah. so
0: Lawrence of Arabia could be better if it starred Kurt no. Russell.
1: Well, no, Peter O'Toole is, is Lawrence. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, you know, I uh, both movies. I I don't know, just the thing. I just uh, it's one of those. It's one of the few films I don't particularly, like. I can see the entire film right now in my head. There's not a bad scene, a wasted scene. I think it's John Carpenter's best film um, by far um and ironically it's a remake you know where his his movies are usually you know his originals you know like the fog and halloween and stuff where his thing movies. is a remake the thing from another uh, the thing from another. the thing from another world so
0: the thing was remade again in 2011 did you see that it's not a
1: remake it was a prequel to john carpenters
0: oh is film. that right yeah okay um so and the, it wasn't bad. It was just uh, too, much, too much CGI. The 1982 so. thing is yeah. a remake of uh, the thing from another planet.
2: Yes,
1: kind of. It's that. War, it's that's where he got the idea. I mean, that's where you know, like Universal went to him and said, you know, we want to make an alien, you know, a space alien movie um, to to counterpart ET. <laughs> so
0: the thing from another world, 1951 yeah. movie. Fifty one, yeah. That's why
1: it's in uh, Halloween. It's one of his favorite movies. That's why I he have, kind of agreed to it. I
0: have not seen the thing from another world. Is it any? It's good?
1: You know, it's, it's the fifties. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those, it's a standout, uh, that one in uh, them. I think them is probably the best monster film, uh, from the fifties and sixties. Um, by far it's the giant ants. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I don't really consider it horror better
0: than Attack of the killer. No. Well, no,
1: no talk about comedy horror. Yeah. Um, well, not that much horror, but the tomatoes do kill people and then, and eat them. So you know. a
0: couple of dudes were getting stoned and they were just like, what if these tomatoes attack people? Well, that's, they they came up with the song. That's, the song that's, right? where that's where their that's where their comedy expertise stopped. Pretty much. Yeah. Because that movie is like straight up one joke, one note. Oh, of course. And, and it's, you know, but after, it's hilarious. after 15 minutes, you're like, so does this just continue? It's of like, course. have you seen tire? Yeah. You, no rubber rubber. Yeah. Have you seen all of rubber? Mm-hmm. Is it any good? No okay no. rubber is the it's, story it's a tire, of a tire, it's a tire that, that kills, kills people kill, well it kills everything like an, of the animals killer tomatoes, the animals right? yeah and does it just run them over pretty much yeah. does it bounce on them it, or yeah it Does a lot of stupid. does, does it yeah. yeah um it's really bad uh yeah but you know it's one it's of those so fun. crazy
1: that yeah. you you gotta watch well it. i think that's why people are like sure let's make a movie about it. um
0: i haven't seen the thing in a while but i think the thing holds up i i gotta I should probably read it,
1: it totally holds up and uh blah, so that's scratching all of those off then i have to go into um this whole genre there's it's a huge genre of horror i like a lot of it i don't like a lot of it because you know some of it just too weird um but uh pan's labyrinth you know guillermo del Toro's yeah. world i don't um,
0: I, that's not a horror movie yes no way. i yes. wasn't scared at all i felt like that was more of like a you're Adventure sci-fi and, like, uh, I, I didn't blink. Like I was not frightened at all during Pan's Labyrinth.
1: Okay. And uh the other is uh, Suspiria, which is like Dario Gerto's um world, like the giallo movies, you know, where deep red ra- Suspiria. How do you spell that? <laughs> You've never heard or no. seen?
0: Are you saying sus s u s p e r i. No P I R I A.
1: It has different translations. It has different. Uh, a
0: 1977 movie? Yep. Or there's a, oh, that's an episode, a TV episode, TV episode. So Suspiria, yeah, Dario Argento, 1977. A newcomer to a fancy ballet academy gradually comes to realize that the school is a front for something far more sinister and supernatural amidst the series of grisly murders. Is this like the Neon Demon?
1: <laughs> well, no, Neon Demon, uh, definitely, they, they grew up on these movies, definitely. But Dario like, Gento was, is, I mean, he still makes, I mean, he's, he, has, he has a handful of great movies and a handful of not-so-great movies, but he is uh, the Italian uh, guru, he's the Italian...
0: Uh, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Suspiria will fuck you up.
0: A 7.9 out
1: of 10. Yeah, it'll fuck you up. It's weird. It's gruesome. It's bizarre. All right, um, I've no,
0: I don't know nothing about this movie. It's okay. ranked as no, a 5, number 5,173 on IMDb's Movie Meter. Yeah. Why do you like this? What is this? What stands out about this?
1: Uh, Everything. Visually, it's phenomenal. Um, the music is phenomenal. Um, his blood in all of his movies mm-hmm. are extraordinary. It's it, it created a whole genre. Giallo G-I-A-L-L-O. It created a whole new term. It created a whole new horror style. Uh where the blood is super red, like super crazy in your face red. Uh-huh. And uh the murders are usually pretty vicious. Um a lot of knife, a lot of stabbings, close-ups, um Decapitate you know just a lot of like a lot of interesting weird shots uh he was really good uh this is before special cameras and you know i mean he had like 35 millimeter cameras on you know strings you know above you know it's just weird he hit he he just made very strange movies um a lot of his movies recently due to age or whatever eh, they're not that great Um, Made Dracula a few years ago with uh, Rutger Hauer. That's just not that good at all. Mm -hmm. But it's super gruesome and it's super bloody and it's super campy over the top. For someone
0: who supposedly doesn't like torture porn, you talk about a lot of gruesome and bloody.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it's not tying someone up and then just watching them, you know, get stabbed. It's it's slashers. It's, you know, it's actual real killers. It's actually... You know people
0: I see yeah. you take the term torture as uh okay when I hear torture porn mm-hmm. um it uh I don't literally take the term torture as you're tying someone up and you're just snapping. no, it, the, the what cat... i hear is it's just just a bloody film it's just a yeah, no, you're no. going to be no. tortured no. because there's just a bunch of no. you know yeah that, that's that's
1: that's what i take no, away tor- from no torture that. porn is the hostels it is it is that realm of the cat and mouse but you know that the cat is going to but like, uh, attack the mouse rob you know.
0: Zombie's stuff i consider torture porn yeah
1: absolutely okay. yeah he he made yeah he, okay yeah.
0: Uh, Suspiria is being remade in 2017. I know
1: it's you know kind of weird, which would be again if it's uh, it's one of those things if it's done right, quote unquote, you know, um, it can be on, only because the t- you know the time. Again, it, it goes down to the camera work. It goes down to some of the the, the effects that if you want, you know, you watch the movie, you're just like, oh, that was really really silly, like really bad, like you know, like the you know the blood coming out. It's not that color, it's not orangish, red, you know, he, and he did that stuff on purpose, you know, but, uh, you know, in today's... Well, it's a
0: foreign director, yeah. so he hasn't really done it much that uh, we would know, but... Well, Asia, cast... I mean,
1: you know his daughter. Asia, or, you know, that's, that's his daughter.
0: Uh, Luca Guadiano or whatever? Who Asia
1: Argento. She oh, was... no, I'm
0: talking about the remake. Oh, the oh, The director oh, no, of the no, remake. No. Um, he the, he's a foreign filmmaker. Yeah. But the remake has uh Chloe uh Grace Moretz in it. Yeah, um, it has it it has Dakota a Johnson, names. Tilda a Swinson. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. Actually <laughs> the remake has Chloe, Dakota, Mia, Tilda, Jessica, Sylvia, Angela, and Malgaritza, which is also a female. There's not a single guy here.
1: No, it's a it's a girls' school, it's a ballet school.
0: Oh, are there no men in the movie? I don't No,
1: all
0: right.
1: Yeah, no. She's a ballet, and she goes to a ballet school, like a very famous ballet school. And we find out why it's a special ballet school. You got to watch the movie, man. It's it's, it's, it's weird. Put it on the list. I I put down Pan's Labyrinth only because, as as a quote unquote horror movie, Um, for uh, for you know for Guillermo, like I don't think he is. His movies are comic books come to life i mean it's you know their nightmares yeah. come to life and Graphic i, I think yeah. you know i think i mean he you know at six years old i mean he was drawing these characters i mean mm-hmm. so something's going on when he was a kid something's going on now he's a he's an adult where you're just like these characters are fucking crazy mm-hmm. Hellboy and all this stuff you're like what the fuck is going on in his yeah, head yeah *Pan's labyrinth was cool just don't um, scare me okay but it's a horror movie all right anyway. all right what you're else wrong. you got don't worry this. about that's it that's it that's you said list. top 10 that i right, no, that's cool that was 11 I, I threw in the howling just because I like listen to the soundtrack. I'm like, oh man, I have to put the howling. If I put down the thing, you know, that's the other thing. It's like when you put down a certain movie, something else pops up. Like Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. It's the mall movie. It created Robert Kurtzman. You know, Robert had to be in a kid, and he must have seen Dawn of the Dead 700 times, and he created Walking Dead from it. Because there's good guys, there's bad guys, there's a mall. Yeah, there's really bad zombies that are like the far away shots. And then there's really fucking kick ass. Holy shit. Scary mm-hmm. zombies up close. Crazy fucking over the top violence. Uh, Tom Zavini with the gore, you know, um, a day of the dead. That's where Rick Nicotero and his people came from. Have you so, ever
0: seen a movie called Zombie 2?
1: Well, Zombie 2 is Dawn of the Dead.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no, there's an actual movie called Zombie 2. Yeah. Have you seen the zombie fight mm-hmm. the shark? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, I have. That's not Dawn of the
1: Dead. <laughs> uh, no, but they're, that movie is Zombie Two, yeah. which was actually never which is
0: funny Zombie Dario's... Two. It was an, it was another name, and it got renamed yeah. Zombie Zombie Two and Three. That had nothing released. to do with yeah. the Zombie movies, but Just like uh, Troll Two.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Dawn of the Dead. In Europe, they they named it Zombie Z O M B I. Yes, okay. and that's Dario Argento. That's that's his version, and which is funny, they had to cut out all the gore. So if you actually watch his version and everything, there's almost no blood and guts, which is, like, crazy for Dario movie, you know, yeah. fans. Because his movies are usually pretty fucking violent and, free, and really fucking gory. Um, but, no, and, and uh, you know, Day of the Dead, which I think Day of the Dead is is what we watch in Walking Dead as a TV show. Mm-hmm. Day of the Dead is that movie. Like, if you watch that, you're like, oh, that's Day of the – you know, that's that's The Walking Dead. All yeah. right. So that's where the zombie world comes from, and I think all of those. I mean, you know, like Halloween, you hit slashers, you hit comedy. Well, the zombie
0: world comes really is born of a movie called Night of the Living Dead, that's which was what, Night of the Ghoul, which is, uh, but yeah. what really? I don't know if that's the first ever zombie movie, but that really exploded they it, the genre.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what they called it. I mean, George Romero. It was originally called Night of the Ghoul.
2: Okay,
1: um, and then and then somebody, you know, because it was made in Pennsylvania, and he was they were. He was in the back of his car. He was literally going from drive-in to drive-in, you know, midnight show places or whatever, trying to sell it, you know, sell it. And he finally got something. They're like, why do you call it Night of the Ghoul? No one's going to see that because that's that's like a 50s movie. Mm-hmm. Call it Night of the Living Dead. And he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody even cared. Mm-hmm. And when they changed it, nobody tra- changed the trademark. Mm-hmm. So Night of Living Dead is open. Mm-hmm. So it's a movie that probably, same with Rocky Horror Picture Show. Probably since day one has made five or six hundred million dollars. Never went to George Romero's pocket. He's not received more than a couple hundred dollars for *Night of Mm the Living Dead*, which is so bizarre and so fucking sad. Um, Mm -hmm. But like right now, legally, you could show *Night of the Living Dead* uh, right now Mm -hmm. uh, in front of people and charge, and nothing would happen to you.
0: It was. It's one of the few movies. *Night of the Living Dead*. It's one of the few
1: movies that actually is open.
0: If I remember correctly, *Night of the Living Dead* and uh, *Evil Dead*. Yeah, they they at some point they had both oddly fallen in a public domain, or you couldn't quite figure out who the rights.
2: Yeah, are well, evil, yeah, because Evil Dead. So
0: there's like a hundred DVDs yeah. of both of those movies from different makers. Mm-hmm. It's the whole. uh It's a wonderful life story, and it ended up being shown a billion times yeah. on every stage. Evil
1: Dead, because like it was Sam Raimi's first movie. He had no idea what to do. He was just like right. he literally made that on a credit card and a dentist the dentist friend of his gave him 6 grand and a credit card and they went off to the woods and made that movie over like a 4 month period didn't even think it would ever be shown right. this is just like a, a college movie or whatever and i he controls
0: it again the rights have been yeah maintained. no 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 of course
1: no but like when it like when it originally came out like in the 7 you know the 80s throughout the 80s or whatever and 90s um, yeah it was completely and totally open he had no idea what to do with it which is just so weird
0: all right. When that, I mean,
1: when that kind of stuff happens on any genre, any film, you're just like, uh, I'm right. I, I write stuff down. I jot down notes, you know, to myself on stories or storylines or uh-huh. a character, or whatever. I'll put something there that's just mine. You know, you're just like I can't believe people would actually create a film and not want to try to protect it somehow. So, you know, public domain. Like, I mean, Night of the Living Dead. You know, it's not his film. That's just so bizarre to me that I, that. Kind of stuff happens.
0: I don't understand what you mean by you rights. Like I don't like
1: trademark it or whatever, but I'm like, I'll put something down. Like I'll put my name on it, you know, with the, it, or t- uh, it, so nobody can steal it, so nobody can use it, so nobody can, you know, make money off of it. It's still mine. It's right. still my property. I'm just saying, public well, domain. It's just so weird that movies are made and then somebody didn't properly protect it. Just like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, Wes Craven thought. New Line owned it. New Line thought Wes Craven right. owned it. And Michael Bay, that scumbag piece of shit, came by and, and took it and made a horrible fucking film and made a couple hundred million dollars off of it. Right. And you just sit there and you're like, it created New Line cinema. It created, you know, thousands and thousands of jobs and movies. Nobody had it. It was mm. public domain. Nobody even knew that it was public domain, you know, until somebody just sat there and said to an intern, go look up movies. Mm. We can legally steal. <laughs> That's right. what Michael Bay actually said. For his uh, production company, yeah, uh, and that's what happened. I, the,
0: that... the good old asylum method. Yeah, how do we how do we steal it and change it just enough? To so, hey, something uh,
1: these movies made money. How, right. how can we right? How can we uh, get something out of it?
0: The odd thing is, is uh, they reach their biggest success when they start making their own stuff, like Sharknado. <laughs> of course, <laughs> when they stop stealing, and exactly. Start making you might might as
1: well just own everything and right. not have to deal with people.
0: All right, we are at an uh, hour forty two minutes. Jesus Christ, your so sure? time has flown. And, well, it's uh, horror. I can talk about the thing can for talk another about hour. It first. So I have some movies that I'm going to watch, some homework I need to try and gather and, and watch some of these. Uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, a Revisit Alien, Hellraiser, Hellraiser 2, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, uh, maybe Revisit the Howling, Revisit the Thing, maybe the Thing from Another Planet, and Suspiria. i got to see what I can you gotta get it. what I can get via Netflix, Fr- or Friday Hulu night. Go or with me, Amazon Prime. Friday or.
1: night, I'm going to see Deep Red. It's on the big screen. It's a Friday 13th uh, special thing, and I'm going down to Hollywood, and it's Deep Red, and it's over the top fucking. What
0: is Deep Red?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ! It's a horror movie, man. Come on, An it's old horror the, movie. Yeah, 70s. Another, uh, you know, Italian, uh, just beautiful film, and I've never seen it on the big mm-hmm. screen. So it's one of those other things that you know talk about revisiting. I love when they actually, you know. Put it on, you know, the big screen. So
0: I'm gonna pass on that.
1: Yeah, because you're. crazy. But
0: uh, I'm gonna try and watch some of these <laughs> out
1: out of that group. Uh, definitely, I would. Uh, I would well, go.
0: I'm gonna, it just depends on what I can get a right. hold of. I, mean, I would definitely
1: you know, go towards Frankenstein and like just watch the old Universal classics. I mean, I'm
0: gonna see what I can stream. I'm not gonna, you know, yeah, run cause... out to Best Buy and buy anything. I'm gonna see what it's on Netflix or Hulu or. Oh, hey, I haven't worked. I don't have a budget to go buy shit. I'm just kidding. All right, so. Oh, let's turn on.
1: Oh Jesus, are we videoing again?
0: Yeah, let's kick the video on, people. Oh, my you can God. see these on my YouTube channel.
1: Don't. So, uh, oh, shit. More people are coming in. Yeah, the gardener's probably here now.
0: Yeah. Um, how do I end this? How do? What do I uh-huh. usually? Do I say the same thing all the time. Um,
1: you're Vince. Rocha. I actually, I
0: totally just blanked out.
1: You're Vince Roca. Uh, how do I uh, special guest? Me. Oh, that's what I say. That's right. No, you're I say.
0: Podcasting. I say I'm
1: Vince Roca. I'm Martin Bailey.
0: And for more on the show, visit GetConvinced.com.